people are going to get mad at me for saying this, but I'm so sick of rocks. I didn't take the fish from the goddamn water. The fishermen of the British Isles who came to Newfoundland during the summer months. The problem of survival. Welcome to the Independent Podcast. I'm Editor-in-Chief Drew Brown. Uh, I'm here with my co-host Andy Bullman and producer Luke Quinton uh, entirely virtually because it's COVID, baby, and that's how this shit works. Uh, Andy, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. Um, yeah, before we hit record, I just mentioned to Drew that I, uh, just finding this lockdown much harder, taking my house, uh, like the first time was like a terrible adventure, but it, it was an adventure. Like it was, what are we going to cook? How are we going to entertain ourselves? Everyone shut down. But this time around, it's like, I have a million zoom calls. I have no money. And I uh, and the weather is worse, and I just hate everything. <laughs> so yeah, I'm a little uh, a little depressed by the lockdown. Yeah, this uh, this has been a lot harder uh, than the first time around, which yeah seems a little bit weird. But yeah, I think between the like combination seasonal affective disorder and just like the second lockdown, where like we. Th- we, we did so well for so long and I think we all kind of believed we've like gotten away with it oh and then we're like yeah. right here at the fucking finish line the vaccinations are happening and then like suddenly bam everything's back in lockdown there was like way more of like a grieving process almost weirdly oh, I was supposed to be in a live play that was gonna be directed by Katrina Bromley from Come From Away mm-hmm. like like this is like dream and it's just hilarious that we thought that was gonna happen like of course it was no, like nothing good happened <laughs> yeah, no no it's uh yeah that's the, that's definitely a place i've been many times in the last three and a half weeks yeah. uh yeah you know like things were things were gonna were going really well our election work was going like awesome and it was gonna like finally end and then maybe i could take a break and figure out some other stuff to do with my life it's not the newfoundland labrador 2021 election but here we are it, it just keeps going there's no end in sight things never stop I guess the other thing that makes this lockdown uh, especially hard is, yeah, like nothing stopped this time. Like when when this first yeah. happened like a year ago, it was like everything shut down and it was like everybody is dealing with a lot of shit. Let's all go easy on ourselves. Let's not push too hard. Let's all, you know, like ease back a little bit mm-hmm. and get, get it together. But now it's kind of like, no, we just went into lockdown and stuff just like continues happening at the normal frenetic pace that it is. And uh, yeah, that's really fucking hard. I think. Um, yeah, that is, yeah, that is a really good point. Like the first time around, we very much got a break. Um, and there was like two or three weeks of like, who am I if I'm not working? But then everyone yeah. kind of recovered from that and almost enjoyed the pace and the quiet and the no cars. But this time around, it's like every business is ready to go with like pickup delivery. People, there are still yeah. cars out. Like it's not, yeah. 
yeah there's no like you can't really like delay work for like general pandemic reasons anymore it's just like everything is still due there are still deadlines still meetings work like the machine still continuing because we can't stop this time i guess i don't really know anymore Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing this whole COVID thing has taught me is that the machine never stops for sure, literally yeah. anything. The relentless uh, of capitalism. Yes, yeah. you know, like literally half a million Americans can just die and things keep going. It's breathtaking. Nature is amazing. Um, <laughs> it's just like, I don't know, it's, it's just so sad. <laughs> it's like, Oh, I hate everything. (laughs) Yeah, I've just, I've gone total, like, jokerfication at this point. I have to find it funny or else I can't. So, yeah. yeah. The banality Ah. of existence. (laughs) um, Should we talk about Bruce Chalk? Is that... Yeah, I mean, we may as well talk about um, the the infinite election that we now find ourselves in. Uh, Yeah. I guess... Well, I guess I'll start by just saying that um, someone on the internet pointed out that uh, Bruce Chalk looks exactly like the manager of the plaza in Home Alone 2. Uh, <laughs> and I can't unsee that now. <laughs> oh my God. Damn. Exactly. Not really gonna, are we really going to do Tim Curry like this? <laughs> oh, Tim Curry. Oh, it was Tim Curry. You're right. What it? Yeah. I, I, um, I don't think I... He was, to me, he's just the manager of the plaza, you know? I think I lost Tim Curry in that role. Yeah, Yeah. that's so funny. Damn, now I'm not going to be able to unsee that either. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, that's that's a good observation on Bruce Chalk. I I just am shocked how how this is all rolled out. I left ordering my mail-in ballot to pretty much the last minute because yeah. I I misunderstood. Um, I saw March 12th and thought I had till March 12th to order it. And then, right. yeah. yeah, I didn't read the signage right. I And in my defense, like normally I would pay attention to that kind of thing and be more on top of that sort of thing. But we were kind of entering a massive lockdown and there was a lot happening. So I missed that. Yeah. And on the last day I called to order my ballot or I tried to get it online and I could not, the website was down. And then I tried calling and calling and calling. And I like, I finally got through, but it was right to the wire. And um, we Mm -hmm. just received the ballots two days ago. Nice. Yeah. That's pretty good. Apparently people will. Oh, but my, but my name is spelled wrong on them. Even though, so I, I, I think I, I don't know what to do now. I'm kind of stuck anyway. And I just want to say it's not spelled wrong in a way that makes sense. Like sometimes people will say Bowman with two L's. Like yeah. they threw in a couple extra vowels in the middle of Amanda, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> Amanda. <laughs> yeah. On the one hand, I don't want to be too hard on like the elections NL agency because obviously they are dealing with a lot and this is not easy for anybody of course but also you do sort of wonder like maybe if they'd spent I don't know a couple hours doing some contingency planning before this happened uh you know like what are we going to do in case there's a COVID outbreak uh I don't know I mean there's been yeah it's 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 
there's been a lot of stuff in this like there's been a lot of stories about like ballots with like weird typos or incorrect names um like i know if you look at the instruction sheet that came with the ballots it's like your ballot should come with the following four things and then it lists five things uh i also noticed today because i actually filled mine out today and, and mailed it finally um there's like a typo on the blue declaration form, I think. Uh, just uh, anyway, like there's, it's there's, it, it's a rush job, which you know, fair enough. This did turn around really quickly, but uh, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, I can't. I'm I'm like, for the first like two weeks, I couldn't even think about the election or any of this stuff at all because like I would like, it would just put me physically in pain. Like I would start feeling like. I guess like the blood pressure physically rising, like my neck would be stiff and painful and like my eyes would start to bulge a little bit. And like, I think steam is gonna start coming out of my ears. Yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, obviously lots of sympathy to the people who are involved in the logistical feat of making this happen, but also like, I don't know, man, there was one job in the lead up to this and uh, yeah. It's, it's, I don't know, it's, to me, it's like, it's just like cascade failure. Um, it's just a symptom of just like everything here is like fake and not real and just kind of bullshitted. And mm -hmm. that's like, we're just seeing that writ large. It's like undeniable now, like before you could still maintain some faith that like, you know, just cause like most things seem like half-assed here. Surely there are some adults somewhere, there's a, system that has to run sort of smoothly things have to work on some level but it turns out that like actually no that's not the case at all the other uh, provinces held provincial elections new brunswick bc saskatchewan and things didn't go as sideways as it did here so yeah i mean it, and we like can't just blame the pandemic on everything like there was like officials officials who make a lot of money who screwed up I think, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think it is fair to say that uh, due diligence was not completed here, I think in a number of levels, um, both like, you know, like elections NL for a variety of reasons, for whatever reasons, like didn't do, frankly, I just think like didn't do their homework to prepare for this. They, you know, like, and the legislature like wasn't able to do it like so like federally they're looking at calling a pandemic election also for a variety of reasons so like the house of commons it's like they have a standing <laughs> committee that produced a report that like looks at how to run elections in a pandemic using like you know data collected from the provinces that held it and like examining it and talking to experts and figuring out like what are the best practices for doing this like the house of assembly like does not have committees we could not produce work like that there was nobody to, to do it so it didn't get done and now we're all fucked because of like bad luck uh but the whole point oh, is it's yeah i cannot handle a federal election <laughs> my <laughs> yeah, yeah. my like emotional bandwidth for elections uh, has snapped, I think now. I think I'm, <laughs> I don't have any yeah. more room. Uh, I don't think you're alone in that, but unfortunately, yeah, we're probably having a federal election this year. We're definitely having city elections this year. We might even have another fucking provincial election this year based on whether or not this one holds off. Yeah, I was going to say, Drew, do you think this is going to end up in court? Uh, I honestly have no idea. It's really hard to say. Um, if people, like, if anybody does feel that they've genuinely been disenfranchised 
due to the fact that like this is just completely fucked uh and it's just kind of being like thrown together ad hoc i mean maybe um i don't think i, I don't imagine any of the political parties are going to chase it really because that would be pretty fucked up but honestly i don't know but like it's it's not out of the realm of possibility that like yeah if, if anybody does feel that like they have been unable to vote for whatever reason due to the, all the changes and stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. It's not totally clear that the chief electoral officer necessarily has the authority to do some of the things that he's done. Uh, yeah, it's right. gonna be a big, fun constitutional question, I think, uh, or it could be anyway, honestly, I don't know anymore. I, I don't know what's happening. I've just had to accept that, who knows? It's a big void. Well, um, yeah, it's it's pretty difficult to sort of say like, oh, it's going to end up in corridor. But I, I do think that there are going to be communities in Labrador that even with the new data of March 25th, I don't think they're going to be able to get their ballots in on time. Yeah, just... and, and the other thing too is like, because the deadline is now like they have to have it by this date, not that like it has to be postmarked by a certain date. So it's like somebody raised this question to me on Twitter last night. And I think it's actually this is one of many fun questions perhaps lawyers will get to explore. Um, you know, what happens if you have a ballot postmarked on the 11th that shows up on the 26th? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, what do we do oh, in that yeah. situation? Because postmarking is no longer part of the like cutoff. It's like when elections and physically gets it. I don't know anymore. Honestly, uh, I have no idea. It's another sudden last minute change that I guess we'll see how it plays out. Uh, Bruce Chalk isn't talking to the media anymore uh, until the election's <laughs> over, which honestly, I mean, hey, fuck it. If that was me, I also wouldn't do any more interviews. Uh, um, well, he's actually good that he's not doing any more interviews because he has said some truly callous things about voting and voters, uh, things that are are out there now and you can't unsay, you know? Yeah, well, yeah, between sort of like, if you didn't get your ballot in time, it's your fault to like, doesn't actually, it's not actually his job to care about if people vote at all. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not necessarily, like, he doesn't strike me as an chief electoral officer with a ton of enthusiasm for elections, which seems like maybe a problem. Yeah. But that's just me. What are you going to do? I'm trying to think if I can see any silver linings or anything positive. I'm like sifting and I'm not, there's no goal. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, it's been, I don't know. It's been a very weird couple of weeks. I'm just like literal like limbo. Like you're stuck in your house and you can't do anything and nobody knows what's happening like in society anymore or like how our government is going to be formed. Uh, yeah. Nobody, no, it's it's cool. It's it's great to to just, float here indeterminately yeah. forever with no idea where things are going it's great i love it i uh i don't know it's weird guilt now i'm like feel like i need to write tim curry an apology letter excuse <laughs> 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 like, tim curry was it right uh yeah in the original one i think he was he was yeah. it. yes um that's yeah. beautiful beautiful acting okay <laughs>
yes. uh, to totally lose the guy in the role. I think that's that's a testament yeah. <laughs> to the skill. Just thinking about what other news is happening. Uh, COVID nineteen, COVID nineteen, no good, very bad. Lots yeah, of... do not. The virus yeah. sucks. I don't like it. Uh, yeah, we're we're against, and I guess restrictions might ease up a little bit on on Friday. Fingers crossed. Things go yeah, well. Definitely hope. I mean, you know, like the actual uh, the outbreak seems so far to be mostly contained. Uh, obviously, like we're back down to sort of like low numbers um, and all sort of previously established contacts. Uh, yeah, hopefully we'll be in a position to start ratcheting down some of the restrictions. I mean, the premiers also said, uh, you know, most of us, everybody who wants to be vaccinated should be vaccinated by the end of June. Uh, something like that. I really hope that timeline's true. I really, really desperately need this to be over. I think we all do. Yeah. And um, yeah, absolutely. Um, yes, I need it to be over. And <laughs> I just jab me. Oh, my grandmother got her second. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah, good. so that's some that's good, good news. Yeah, yeah, second vaccine. Nice. Yeah, actually, like hearing about people that we know are getting vaccinated, it's like that's a good sign. It's, yeah, I think so too. Um, it it, yeah. it means yeah, yeah. There's, I think I've talked about this before, but there's a cartoon someone drew that's like, find yourself in the line. It's like first responders, the elderly, and you're look, looking for yourself. So I'm like, oh, I don't see freelance writer on there. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe like. <laughs> can't believe like weird freelance shut-in isn't on the fucking priority. I know. I think it's like just uh I'm fine with it but I was just like man just like at least give me a stick figure at the end or something <laughs> like put me yeah. on here. <laughs> I mean maybe yeah I mean maybe I could like take up smoking like a couple packs a day to get up <laughs> yeah. the priority list a little bit just accelerate that. I need a um, hobby. <laughs> um yeah so um so let's but yeah and um I don't know if you guys saw, but on PEI, they were saying that like, if things go well and vaccinations are on track, we could have uh, the bubble back on the go. And they made- That would be, that would be very cool. I would love yeah. to fucking leave this province for a couple of days to just for a change of scenery. Uh... Yeah, it's like, I, this is, people are gonna get mad at me for saying this, but I'm so sick of rocks. Like, <laughs> I'm like everywhere you look, there's rocks. I'm just ready to look at like some some earth that's just earth for like a minute. <laughs> sorry, sorry. So this is like I went on Twitter today and I was like, I don't really like the Big Berry, and it's like, oh man. Oh, yeah. You just, well, I mean, you, you just want to feel something. <laughs> I think I just want strangers <laughs> to yell at me. I mean, yeah, you're just you're you're doing like blasphemy and self harm all at the same time. It's just like it's incredible. Yeah, I'm like, I, okay, I guess ten whips today, <laughs> winch me up. <laughs> I mean, that would definitely, I think, explain like the explosion of terrible posts we've seen since lockdown has happened. But you know, yeah, the internet is, is uh, less fun uh, because I think more people are on it. So. Yeah, everybody's on it and everybody's like going through a low to high level mental health crisis. It's yeah. uh, it's a great recipe. I think there's a really good review of like social media in, uh, I don't know, book form or something from like December. And I think the author, Max Reed, wrote something like, you know, like Twitter is like being in like a doomed space colonization mission where everybody survived. But we have to decide like who to eat. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
And it's like, yeah, that is basically like that's Twitter during lockdown. And it's like you just ramp it up more because it's also like there's a fucking election happening, which also makes everybody have bad feelings. I think so. I, I understand that the election had to be called at some point this year, but I just think and I understand that the liberals were um, looking to repeat what happened in BC and what happened in New Brunswick, which were majority governments. I understand that that's why we had this election, why it was called. But in terms of like mental health welfare for citizens, it was a bad move. It, it just having it in May would have helped so much. It's just it wasn't a healthy move for the people. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, like pandemic aside, obviously, like winter elections are controversial anyway. Between the weather and the fact that like we all have collectively, I think, seasonal affective disorder. Everybody just feels worse in February because it sucks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, throw all this stuff on top of it. It's definitely not good. Uh, yeah, I, they, they, they did have choices. They made this choice. I understand why they made it. And it would have worked, except it didn't. In, in terms of, I guess, like finding silver linings. Um, so we're all going to hopefully be vaccinated soon. And uh, in the interim, uh, the Moya Green report is still not finished and I guess won't be finished for <laughs> a while. Um, you know, having spoken with the dame on the phone, I, uh, yeah, I. Tell us about I that. You know, she was, she was extremely refined. It was exactly what you imagine talking to a, uh, a senior British civil servant with a noble title would be like, it was very, very refined and dignified. Um, you know, uh, really, really felt my peasant background shining in that, in that phone conversation. It was good. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, much like the rest of us, uh, they, they're also behind schedule. They're also working on a notional deadline in these trying and unprecedented times, uh, which is like fine. I mean, I think, I don't know. So, so it's, it's been interesting that like that being put off has also allowed this sort of like more community grassroots oriented people's recovery to take off. They, uh, it's a big collection of concerned citizens and various community groups spearheaded by a couple sort of like progressive academics. Their first, um, you know, basically I think they're just trying to build like a counter narrative of like what is actually going on here and like what are some of the things that we could do about it? Because we just, we hear all the time from various talking heads and various media organizations that like, we know what the problem here is. And this is what I asked Moya Green, like you can't tell us what the solutions are, but can you tell us what the problems are? And her response is basically, well, everybody knows what the problems are, which is that we don't have a big population and we're too spread out over a geographical area and the government spends too much money. Uh, which sure, absolutely those are factors, but I think it's uh, like, that's very clearly like, one way of looking at what is actually happening here. And I do appreciate that the people's recovery is sort of trying to take a different approach at looking at some of the other factors, maybe what are some of the other things that we can look at. Um, their first proposals have mostly been like, we should raise, like we should change the way that we do taxes here, yep. uh, which is super interesting, super controversial. Uh, but I think, you know what? I think it's a great conversation to start. I think it's good that we're at least talking about these things, even if it's oh. mostly like really loud and chaotic, but I think it's it's 
we it's a conversation we need to start having it's tax the um, richer you know, like, eat them so we gotta land on one of those <laughs> <laughs> yeah well yeah i mean you know like not to get too like class war on the podcast but yeah sorry they're gonna eat, no it's okay <laughs> they're either gonna eat us or we're gonna eat them and that's it there's no yeah. you know like i think the time for class compromise seems to have passed according to everybody on both sides of this divide so I don't know. Do you think that the Moya Green or the Moya Green report is going to be mostly relocation? Honestly, I don't really know what to expect from it. But after after the, the phone conversation, um, I honestly like I'm not as worried and sketched out about it as I was beforehand. I actually like I I don't know what they're going to suggest. And I imagine there will probably be a lot of sort of like not explicitly called resettlement, but basically resettlement ideas. Um, I mean, I think, I don't know, I think it'll be, I think it'll be a bunch of recommendations around, like, there'll be some regionalization stuff, but I don't, I don't know, like, I'm not, uh, I, I don't think it's necessarily like a secret project to cut the shit out of everything as much as like they're, I don't know, they're talking to their people, they're going to have some suggestions. And I think, I honestly, like, I think the, the whole operation has been like, so tainted now just due to everything everyone's been saying about it throughout the course of the election that they uh, I think the report will come back a little more sort of like small c conservative in its recommendations and I think the government is also pretty cool on what they're going to like how much they're going to fall back on it. yeah um, although obviously between the two yeah they're definitely going to go with what the green report says before they go with what the people's recovery brings forward if I had to guess I think that um, just the idea that a group of people during this like stressful time who probably all have full-time demanding jobs were able to organize and like it's really impressive like honestly yeah I mean I think like whether or not you necessarily like agree with the people's like the specific things that the people's recovery has put forward so far I think like what I really like about it is like the process the fact that it is actually like a bunch of like regular people volunteering time of their lives to like become engaged with how the province is running and you know soliciting constructive you know soliciting feedback some of it more constructive than others and taking it on board rather than you know the premier's recovery task force idea of just like we're going to get we're going to point some people they're going to handle it and then they're going to report back and we'll just go from there like i think yeah i think the process behind the people's recovery is like I don't know, man, this is what democracy actually looks like. And I think it's good. And if you don't like what they're saying, then you should become part of it and give your input and work collaboratively to have it reflect that other, you know, your own pet interests and pet projects. I, you know, like that's how, yeah. like, I don't know, like to me, I think this is, this is how it should be done. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. which is like and I don't know like we're just, just shit like that never happens here so it's really cool to see it happening yeah um, that's yeah I think uh, yeah I guess like one of the main silver linings of like the fact that like I don't know like our entire political system has basically like fallen apart over the past four weeks is that like people do seem to sort of be deciding to take you know those kind of matters into their own hands and organize themselves accordingly it's great it's really cool I think yeah you know, the fact that like we now know everything here is fake and everybody's making everything up and, you know, the government is just an amalgamation of bullshit. It's become really easy for people to see that like, okay, well, I could also be, you know, like I could be part of this and I could shape this because nothing is being shaped by anybody right now. Yeah. I don't know. And it's, there yeah. are a lot of great ideas 
out there, great new ways of thinking that aren't a part of government. So why not? Like, yeah, yeah. I think our resources here are a little thin. So it's awesome that people are doing that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. like there, there, there are definitely like lots of downsides to this sort of like weird liminal space we all find ourselves in. But yeah, I think one of the benefits is like more people are getting involved in working on finding a way out. And that's amazing. That is like, I'm truly delighted. I actually haven't seen anything this good of this nature happen here, like maybe ever. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's good. It's, it's great, actually. It's, it's a wonderful development. Um, and one of the few things kind of like keeping my spirits up uh, as we move through this. Well, um, yeah, I, I probably have to go because I have a job interview, fingers crossed, praise, yes, praise, praise Jesus, I get it. So <laughs> um, by the time this airs, I'll either have it or not have it, I think. So <laughs> I think it's we'll, fine to mention it. <laughs> yes, no, we'll uh, check in. I assume, yeah, I mean, hopefully yeah. it does go well. Yeah, fingers uh, crossed. Um, it's like, uh, yeah, it's a cool job. That's our show for this week. Thanks for tuning in. And hopefully this has been a little bit helpful in unpacking the month of chaos that Newfoundland and Labrador has kind of been in since the COVID outbreak that canceled our election, uh, and rendered it infinite. Um, but you know like things continue moving so we continue working uh it never stops um but yeah we've got some good stuff coming up i know uh alicia mori has still been working on covering what remains of the election for us so she had a great piece uh just basically like going through what happened here and what did other provinces do that maybe we could have learned from uh, she's also got uh, our last district focus for the election. We got one more in under the wire. Uh, she talked to candidates in Terra Nova. Super interesting interview. I'm editing that one today. So hopefully by the time this podcast drops, it should be out. Uh, really great stuff. I love these. It like made me remember that actually this job rocks and we do cool stuff. It's not all the soul crushing misery of following current affairs. Um, yeah, some great fishery stuff coming up as well. Uh, Ed Rich has a feature on Uni. And uh, Kirsten Mori has put together a election diary from the beginning of the election to now, which is fucking hilarious. I was crying a couple times reading it. It's really good. So I'm hoping to get that out soon. There's other stuff I've written down on the schedule that I can no longer find currently, but it's good. There's lots of great forthcoming content. And Justin Brake is back also doing reporting for us, which is wonderful. It's, it's very good. The Independent is like, yeah, that's good. We're, we've got our like boxing gloves and boxing shorts on. We're back in the ring. We're popping some people. It's good. It's great stuff. Uh, so if you've enjoyed any of the work that we're doing or are looking forward to any of the work that is forthcoming, um, please feel free to donate. It helps with literally everything. And actually, we raised like over $4,000 during the campaign towards their goal. So it's good stuff. Anyway. Thanks for tuning in, and we will hopefully talk to you again sooner than five weeks, barring any more unforeseen natural disasters, which I now feel is an important caveat we have to add. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>